Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, everybody? This is Roz and Witz here at the Sporting Edge. We are graced to be joined by Mike Straface again. He's our college basketball expert. He's going to get into a little bit of golf since we're going to talk Masters since that's coming up next week. But first, Xander, I'm back. I'm, I've been on the road a lot. I'm not missing the show like you because I'm a loyal co-host here. But I went to a movie premiere this past weekend, which was very nice. Got to see myself on the big screen. If you're in Chicago and listening to this show, feel free to go to Music Box or the local AMC for a week. Our uh, movie landline will be in the uh, in the theaters. I'm pretty sure it's only at the music box. I was being a little overzealous with the uh, AMC thing. But then it goes video on demand April 4th. So a small little plug for me there, Xander. But it's been a busy and fun week. A lot of sports uh, leading into the weekend and everything. But it's settled down this week, obviously, since the Final Four isn't played till Saturday. We've had some NBA games and everything. But how exciting can an NBA game be at this point? We know we're just at the end of the season and getting ready for the playoffs. But Xander, today's the day. We've got Final Fours today. We've got two nice matchups, intriguing matchups. One I didn't have on my bracket and one I don't believe you had on your bracket or Mike had. So we got uh we have South Carolina and uh Gonzaga. What are we what are we thinking about this, Xander? Well, a very interesting matchup. I mean, South Carolina, I give them a lot of credit for getting this far. I mean, a 7 seed, you rarely see them in the Final Four, but I think, you know, the staple of this South Carolina team is their defense. It's suffocating. It's unbelievable. And I think that's really the main reason they've gotten this far. I mean, Sidarius Thornwell is an unbelievable player. Had a great last game against Florida, you know, 26 points, 7 rebounds. South Carolina forced 16 turnovers, went 23-31 from the free throw line, and that's what we've been preaching. You can play defense, and if you can shoot free throws, that's the name of the game. I mean, that Florida team was hot. A great game against Wisconsin, South Carolina, unbelievable. I think this is going to be a great matchup. And since I am four for my last four, I had Kentucky over UCLA against the spread. I had I had a push in the UNC Kentucky game, but I had Gonzaga against Xavier, and I also had the Ducks against the Kansas Jayhawks buzzsaw that got chopped down last week. I'm going to take the points and go with South Carolina here. I think Gonzaga is going to win this game, but I think it'll be another nail-biter. Gonzaga, unbelievable team. I think we told you to watch out for them. You know, a lot of people were wondering going into the tournament, 
how battle tested is this team? I mean, they play in a weak conference. They went, you know, 34, 33 and one. And a lot of people were wondering, is this going to be a Gonzaga team that gets knocked out in the round of 32 or are they going to make a little run and possibly go all the way? Well, like I said before, this Gonzaga team is for real. Nigel Williams-Goss, I, I think, is one of the best facilitators in the game right now, and he's going to be a key to this game. If they can shoot from deep like they did last round against Xavier, it's going to be tough for South Carolina to stop them no matter how, they get, how good they are on defense. South Carolina needs to force some turnovers. I just don't know if the size of Gonzaga, uh, it, I think it's going to be too much of a problem for the Gamecocks. I mean, they're, they're great on defense, but they've got you know three monstrous guys. you got Karnowski. Collins, and you got another one, I don't remember his name, but they're all huge. I, I just don't know if South Carolina matches up that well against the Zags. Yeah, so you're saying they don't match up very well, but you just took them plus the points. I know it's plus seven, and, and me and Mike will give you our picks here shortly. But before I let Mike kind of get into this game, since I know he's been dying to speak over here, Xander, you're questioning that defense, and you're talking about how well Gonzaga can shoot the three. Well, South Carolina is forcing teams or keeping teams at a 29.8% rate from behind the arc shooting wise. So I think that defense is ready to match up with this Gonzaga team is going to put more pressure on this Gonzaga team than they've probably seen in the last couple of rounds. But Mike, give us your take and ultimately who you're picking, what side of the spread you're going to be on. Uh, yeah. Seven points for a final four game seems pretty high, but um, South Carolina's had a heck of a run to get to the final four. I don't want to take anything away from them. Love Frank Martin, their coach, their defense, Highly aggressive, very good. But I'm going to have to go with Gonzaga, even with the seven points. Um, they've seen a defense, probably a better defense than South Carolina and West Virginia in the previous round. And uh, that was a tight game. Took them a big shot to win it. But, you know, they've played against that type caliber defense. And so I think they have that experience and just their overall uh, love Nigel Williams and Karnowski. I think he's going to have a big game inside. Um, so I think they're going to – I would take the uh, – Taking Zaga in this one. So he's taking the Zags minus seven, and we're kind of uh, split here, actually. So we've got Xander on one end with Gonzaga being, uh, or not Gonzaga, taking South Carolina plus seven, and then we got Straface, who... They're going to win in the game. I just think it's going to be tight down to the wire. That's fine. That's fine. But we're, we're worried about the spread. We're trying to make some money for our listeners, Xander. Me... It's all up in the air in my head right now. I think this South Carolina team's been more than interesting and have been scoring at a rate that they weren't doing so much during the regular season. What I noticed is, so far in this tournament, is their second-half performances are averaging a 13-point margin in the second half and put up 65 points against Duke in the second half. So this team is really, really ready to come after you. After the break, they adjust pretty well. What else intrigues me is Cinderius Thornwell. You got to know who he is at this point. Final four, South Carolina has made it, but this guy's averaging 25 points a game in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is a spectacular showing on his part. So I am torn, Xander. I can't really figure out who I'm feeling in this situation. I've been picking against South Carolina like it's my job, but I'm going to have to choose South Carolina this time. I think seven's a lot of points, putting Mike on the other end of this uh, of this duo or trio we've got going on here. Sorry, I'm really bad at math, but we'll get that figured out for the next show. Um, but I'm going to go South Carolina plus seven. I know I'm a lock monster, but I've been struggling a little bit with the NCAA, and uh, hopefully hopefully it turns around with these last three picks I have to make. Thornwell is going to have to play really well, I think. Uh, he was SEC Player of the Year, probably so, going to be a top 20 pick. So he is very good, but he's going to have to really play well, I think, for them to win. Absolutely. And I think this Gonzaga team, what worries me about the seven is, you know, last round I was, I was on Gonzaga, and a lot of people were saying, 
You know, they haven't won by big margins. Xavier is so hot right now. There's no way that they couldn't cover that eight and a half point spread. But meanwhile, you know, the Zags shoot 50% from deep and they absolutely swallowed up Xavier in the second half. I mean, it, it wasn't even a game anymore. And that's what, that's what makes me think, you know, that this might be a runaway game. I don't think South Carolina is going to run away with it. I think Gonzaga is too good inside and outside, um, you know, in terms of matchups and abilities. But, you know, I do like this to be a close game. So I think this South Carolina team, I don't want to call them a team of destiny, but I think they fight too hard to let this game get away from them. But, you know what, with, with, the, with the bigs inside, and if Nigel Williams-Goss can shoot like he did last game, I mean, I think the Gamecocks could be in a lot of trouble here. Xander, you want an interesting uh, factoid, a little statistic I dug up, me and my stat lines I like to find. This one's a good one. You ready for it? I'm ready. Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. So, in NCAA history, this is an NCAA history fact. I have to get this off quickly. There's only four teams that have come back from th- uh, halftime deficits, three time in one tourney appearance, and that was Marquette, uh, Clem- or not Clemson, Nova, Georgetown, and now South Carolina. We've got Nova and Marquette who have actually gone on to win the title in 1977 and 1985. Georgetown, unfortunately, only made it to the national semis in 2007, didn't advance past that point. South Carolina, we're going to leave it up to you to figure out what you're going to be able to accomplish this year. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. You know we are at LibertyTalk.fm. This is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Roz. Thank you, Mike, for joining us so far, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back. Roz and Wits here at the Sporting Edge, and of course we are joined by our good friend Mike. Super excited. We're going to break down this Oregon-UNC game here in a second, but Xander, I thought we'd go into another little bit of a story here. So today's a nice day. Or actually, it was yesterday, a good Friday afternoon. So it's not nice up here in Deerfield alone. See, we call it nice because it's a nice little breeze. Not too hot, not too cold. It is a little gray. I know it's probably not so great in Deerfield the last couple of days. If it's over 50, it's a nice day. Yeah, if it's over 50 for sure face, he, he, he avoids the sweats and it, he avoids freezing. So if it's in the 50 to 65 range, sure face is a happy camper. So, But we're driving around. I finish our classes. I'm kind of bored. What are we going to do? So we hop in the car and... We're Chicagoans, and this is. I'm going to actually actually ask you a question after this here, Xander. But we're looking for pizza slices in Ohio. We couldn't find it because you have to order a full Domino's pizza, or you have to order some other chain like La Rosa's out here. You can never just get a slice. So we're driving around, and we run into this res- Russian restaurant that says pizza on the window. I mean, this is already going wrong. The name's Schlotsky's. We walk in. We go and ask the counter, the woman at the counter, and she says, yes, we've got pizzas. And she shows us like her fist and she goes, it's about this size and it's like a pita bread with a little bit of cheese and, and um, sauce on it. And I was like, this is absurd. So we passed on that. We, we're not feeling that pizza place. I know. It, did, it looked like a little calzone. It was ridiculously small. So my good friend over here, Mike, saves the day. And he instructs us to go to Beaver Creek Pizza Dive. The only place in Dayton you can get a slice. The only place in Dayton you can get a slice. And a nice slice. I mean, these are massive slices we just ate. It was a 7.8. And he gives a 7.8, but for... How many bites, though? How many bites? How many bites? I'm thinking like 20 bites. Well, I think one bite only. Everybody knows the rule. Though. We know the rule, but that's Portnoy's rule, and I think uh, we can't go and copyright infringement or infringements. But uh, we'll be careful. We'll talk to Portnoy after the show. I know his dad's a lawyer. So... But the bites were good. It was fantastic. He gave it a 7.8. I was thinking more of like an 8.9 for the way it is out here in Dayton. And it wasn't it wasn't deep dish, all right, which is totally fine. You're not going to get that outside of Chicago. But that leads me to my question, Xander. Are you a deep dish guy or are you a thick or a thin crust guy? 
Extremely tough question. I would say I'm a deep dish guy when it's available. You know, when I'm home, Lou Malnati's, Giordano's. Definitely like that a little better. Much more filling, though. You can't really snack. For me, I can't snack on a deep dish. If I'm doing deep dish, I'm eating three slices. I'm getting way too full. I'm getting the meat sweats, the cheese sweats, all that good stuff. But I, I do like thin crust as well. I'm, I'm not really one guy to generalize pizza into, into one range. I like it all. I'm a huge pizza guy, but I usually eat it till I'm sick. So I try to stay away unless I'm extremely hungry. Well, that's pretty much every time you eat, you're not done until you don't feel good. That's fair. That's a good assumption. And I'm a deep dish guy, and I think Mike's going to differ from us, although, because he hasn't had deep dish, he claims. In a I long haven't time. had it in a very long time. Uh, I am from the Chicago area. But to be honest, I don't really get it. It can't be that good, considering not very many places, even in Chicago, even sells it. There's only a couple. That's that's actually that's a kind of stay woke type thing right there, Xander. That's uh, Where else do they serve deep dish in this nice, fine world we live in, other than in I some. Mean, I live right next to Illuminati's, basically, so I, that's where I get my deep dish. But other than that, at school, it's, it's Domino's, it's Pizza Hut, it's Tobin's, it, it's a bunch of. You they know, do pork. deep dish? No, they don't. Do exactly. So we're we're gonna we're gonna study up on the deep dish sporting edge listeners, and we'll get back to you on this uh, dilemma of why it isn't sold in more places. But Xander, like we said, we're gonna talk about Oregon UNC here. The line is five. UNC is favored by five points. We know they're missing their center, but that really hasn't seemed to be a problem since Jordan Bell has stepped up. He's only six nine, but he's playing the center role and he's athletic as can be. So this is an interesting spread because. They're all, interesting. I, they're all interesting, but I've, everyone's dogging on Oregon that they're not going to be able to win this game and that game. It's pretty interesting, actually, because Oregon and South Carolina have probably been dogs the complete way, like the entire way, and nobody felt they could win any of these matchups. But Xander, I got to stick with it. I got to go with the favorite in this one. I got to take UNC minus five. They've got four players averaging double figures right now with Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, Joel Berry, and Justin Jackson, all spectacular athletes. I think. Their athleticism and their pace, they can push Oregon the entire game. I think it would come down to free throws at the end, but the free throws, those help you if they're making them for the line's sake. And I think they push it to a six, seven-point win covering my end of the line. So I'm going to stick with UNC here. We both need them in the championship. I mean, what are you feeling here? I'd like UNC to win pretty comfortably in this game. I think momentum is a little bit overrated in the tournament. I mean, you know, Oregon, first it was Kansas, absolutely beat the crap out of Purdue came out, I think a lot of people were hot on them against the Ducks. And, you know, being the, the smart sports gambler I am, I looked at both teams and I, I said, I think Oregon is going to outplay them today. I didn't know they were going to outplay them by 20 points, but they did come out. I, I think momentum's a little overrated, though. I like to take the two teams for what they're worth. And I think this UNC team, like I said, is a better team. Up and down the floor, I don't, you know, I don't really worry about the injury for Oregon. They've been playing without him for a long time. Dylan Brooks is a great player. Tyler Dorsey is a great player. But I think the bigs, Meeks and Hicks of North Carolina, along with Joel Berry and then Justin Jackson, who is an All-American player, I think they're just going to be too much for this Oregon team. I mean, UNC knows how to close like no other team in this tournament. I mean, last last week, um, 12 straight points over the final five minutes against Kentucky to get a hold of that game. Kind of similar to what they did against Arkansas. I mean, I was sitting watching the Arkansas game thinking that my bracket was over, and then five minutes later, UNC rattles off uh, a huge run, takes over that game, and then wins pretty handedly. But UNC, they've got the best rebounding margin in the nation, plus 13 a game, and they rebound 42% of their missed shots on offense, which is kind of an insane number. I think the size 
and the pace of play is going to be a little bit too much for the Ducks here. And I, I don't think Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey are going to be able to stop them. I think they're going to come out, get a comfortable 10-point lead, and that's kind of where I see this game settling for the rest of the way. I really don't like giving up points. I mean, five points in a matchup like this I think is, is a bit much, but I think UNC is a better team. I think they're poised to win this game, and I do see them – you know, taking the streak to the national title game. Wow, so me and you are in the same boat for both games. That's a first. <laughs> I mean... Not, it happened during the NFL playoffs, but look at, look at how I'm doing now. I'm doing better. I know. I think you've figured it out who to trust. But, Mike, you differed from us last game. What are you, what are you thinking? Unfortunately, i got to stick with you guys here. UNC, I believe, is going to win quite handily. Uh, I think from the start of the tournament, I thought UNC was the best team um, and was most likely going to win the national championship. And, you know, they're right... Had a little struggles early against that Arkansas game, but right on pace. Um, kind of redeemed themselves from last year's national championship. Uh, one of the craziest games ever. Um, Justin Jackson, ACC Player of the Year, All-American. I think is really going to help carry them. Then you got Luke May, who hit the game winner against um, Kentucky, coming on strong now. I think he's double-double in the previous game before Absolutely. that. Uh, just kind of seems like a nice tournament guy. And uh, I think that will be enough to take him over the Ducks. I don't think five points is really going to be very much in this game. I see him up 15 at one point in the second half, and then you kind of play from there. Absolutely. And like you said, May, kind of like just one of those tournament guys. We remember that from both, I guess, that Michigan team in 2013, was it, and the Louisville team where they had Hancock, just those guys that come off the bench out of nowhere and are really uh, really the tournament differential or difference makers. And we'll, it'll be, I'll be curious to see because this Oregon team can shoot, so they're never going to be out of the game. And I got more stats for you here, Xander, another little interesting tidbit. We've got Tyler Dorsey coming into this game. And Tyler Dorsey coming into this game has scored t- at least 20 points in seven straight games. And in the last six games from behind the arc, he's 25 of 40. So that's pretty amazing, Xander. I mean, I think that's a better statistic. I think his percentage on threes are better than your layups. <laughs> well, you know, let, let's not make that like it's hard to do when I'm shooting, you know, 40% from the layup line. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I, I'm actually curious, Xander, what do you think you shoot right-handed layup line? Because you're a lefty for all the Sporting Edge li- listeners. What do you think you got? You think you're like a twenty percent right-handed shooter? No, a little more than that, but it's it's always it's always a guess when it comes out of my hand. I'm just so uncoordinated with my right hand. The touch off the glass isn't my thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a rebounding guy. That's that's what I've always been. But Roz, I, I wanted to you know touch a little bit more on, on Jordan Bell, Pac-12 Defensive Player in the Year. I think he might be the X factor for the Oregon Ducks in this game. I mean, the duo of Meeks and Hicks for North Carolina. They are absolute lows, and I think it's going to really be up to him to see if he can stop this team because you know that Justin Jackson and Joel Berry are going to get their shots up and get their points, but I think Jordan Bell is going to be a key playmaker for this Ducks team. Yeah, like I said, just beyond athletic. I mean, he's only 6'9", playing the center position, so that'll be interesting to see. He had eight blocks in the last game. It was pretty unbelievable. You're right. He almost had a triple-double with blocks. He had 10 rebounds, 8 blocks, 11 points, I believe. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, and I think that athleticism keeps Oregon close in this game, just like they're shooting. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. You know where we are, LibertyTalk.fm. This is the Sporting Edge. We're coming at you fast. We're coming at you loud, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger. 
who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bub at thebubbershot.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbershot.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up, everybody? We're back at the Sporting Edge. This is Wits. I'm here with Roz and our good friend Mike Straface, college basketball expert. So, Mike and Roz, I wanted to, you know, kind of touch on who you think the national champion of this tournament is going to be. I think my personal pick, I got to go with what my bracket says, the North Carolina Tar Heels. I got a chance to win the whole thing if they can, you know, if they can win two more games. I think UNC is going to beat Oregon, like I mentioned before. And I think it's going to be UNC versus Gonzaga. And overall, looking at that game, if it were to happen, I think UNC is just a little bit better in every aspect of the game. I think it's going to be tough to handle Gonzaga's big guys. But like I said, UNC has two pretty tough cookies of their own. So I think UNC takes on this tournament, avenges their loss from last year. But I'm only one man. That's only my opinion. So... Mike, I want to get your thoughts on the national champion for this year. Yep, I have the same champion as you, UNC. Um, from Basically, they returned their entire roster from last year besides Marcus Page, who was very good and was very key in that national championship last year. But they just seemed to be on a mission this year. Just kind of everyone got better. Justin Jackson got significantly better. And I think that is sort of the big key. And they're just, they have the experience of, you know, getting their hearts basically ripped out of them, their bodies after that shot by Chris Jenkins from uh, last year's championship, so I really like them to win the national championship. Yeah, I, and uh, it looks like we're just all following suit here at the Sporting Edge because I'm, I'm going to take uh, UNC as well. I took them weeks before the tournament. Not weeks, that's being, again, overzealous. I took them about a week and a half before the tournament we did this show. They've proven me right so far, minus that little bit of a scare in Arkansas or against Arkansas. So i got to go UNC. They're just the most athletic and driven team currently to me right now. I know you can say that about the other three teams, but those other three teams, like Mike said, didn't lose on a buzzer beater in the national championship the year before. So i got to go UNC. And Xander, I'm going to reach back real quick for a second, take a take a jab at you, because I felt you threw a little subtle blow at me at the start of this segment when you said, let's hear from Mike and Roz. I mean, it's the, it's the six-year, seven-year anniversary of my terrible first podcast, my high school podcast, with your... With the original Mike and Roz and everybody who has Facebook who's a listener of the Sporting Edge, you know, you keep getting those memory things. And literally just days ago, I got the memory of my first video I ever put out. We did get sponsored by Juicy Juice Apple Juice, by the way. I was a, I was a grinder back when I was a 15-year-old kid. So I thought you took a, took a nice little subtle jab. It was not my finest moment in my life. So if you can refer to us as Roz and Mike over here, that would be way more appreciated. So now and, you're uh, throwing it back at me and putting me down. Well, because there's never been a show called Roz and Mike, but... Xander, that was a low blow. I'm salty, and we'll just bring up that you're the worst sports gambler in the world. So that's my just little jab at you, and we'll uh, we'll get back on track. Lately, and I've I've gone four for four in my last you know my last four picks. So take my advice for this weekend. You might be you know buying your girlfriend a you know a nice a nice dinner out, a nice steak dinner, and if you know if you, if you don't take her to McDonald's, I'm sure I'm sure she'll be happy to spend. Everyone time. loves ramen noodles. Just put a little cheese on, it and they taste real yeah. good. Cheese. I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised what you could find in a college kid's kitchen, you know, make things taste good. 
Absolutely. But we've uh, we've gone hard on the NCAA basketball game, so or the two games we have coming up today. But we're very excited. I mean, it's Jim Nance month. And we get to listen to his voice. We the sounds the sounds of the Masters is arguably the easiest thing to put you to sleep. Not because you're bored, but just because of how soothing it is to hear the. It's basically like you're listening to the grass move. I know that that's not what grass move, sounds like when it moves, but that song is so nice and gentle. Uh, it's the most exciting time of the year, and it's a great four day stretch. It's coming up next week. We're going to be able to bring you our Saturday updates and everything. We'll tell you, we'll bring up what happened on Friday and uh, Thursday of the Masters. But since we're a week out and we're gambling men here on this show, we thought we'd talk about the field a little bit. Um, is Jason Day playing, Mike? Uh, I'm not. I think it's still up in the air. Unfortunately, he has a tough situation with his mother diagnosed with cancer. I don't think he's doing very well, but so hopefully, you know, wishes out to her and their family. Yeah, and the only reason I say this, and uh, again, my condolences, and I feel terrible for what's going on with the Day family right now. Our best wishes are out to you. But since some people like to make money, and we're not making it off of off of the mother, which I again apologize for, Jason Day is 20-1, to 1, Xander, if he is to play. And I think that is an absolute value bet. We've seen how athletes perform when they're under pressure, when they're competing for somebody special. And I think Jason Day 21 would be a nice little pick to take. If he is indeed playing, you know what? I, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, Jason Day has proven that at the top of his game, he can be the best player in the world. I mean, you know, obviously Dustin Johnson is playing at a freakishly high level right now. I mean, the guy was always one of the best ball strikers in golf, but when you combo that with the way he's been putting lately, I mean, he's almost unstoppable. I mean, nobody hits the ball as well as he does, and the way he's been putting is second to none, but. I do agree with you. Jason Day is a great golfer, and I think you've definitely seen how some athletes can, you know, bottle up, you know, I don't want to say frustration, but, you know, those emotions and kind of put it all out on the course in this case. And I, you know what? I, I would definitely put a couple bucks on Jason Day. Another guy I'm looking at is John Rahm. John Rahm is a rookie. This will be his first Masters ever. 18 to 1 favorite to win, to win the tournament. I mean, a, a win by him would be historic. I mean, a, a golfer has not taken home a green jacket in his first run at Augusta since Fuzzy Zoller did it in 1979. But John Rahm, you know, was an NCAA champion at Arizona State. And I think if you ever watched him play, you know, he's aggressive. He's very good. And, I, you know, if he ended up winning it all, I would not be surprised in the least bit. Yeah, your boy John Rahm took uh, Dustin Johnson in that uh, last week's tournament where they were playing uh, match play all the way to the 18th hole in the championship. He is playing very well right now. Yeah, I, I'm i all for the young bucks coming out and winning. I mean, I was a big uh, LeBeau. Who was the guy you were mad at me about the other? Bryce Shambeau. Oh, uh, Bryce DeChambeau. Bryce. I mean, he's not good, though. He's just, he gets on every commercial and advertisement, <laughs> but he doesn't make cuts. I think he's made one cut all season this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a big fan. So, I, again, I guess I'm shut down from speaking about my boy Bryce. But outside of... Outside of who we think and we kind of like as favorites, I mean, there's a couple more picks I would suggest your way. There are two players, and I don't care how salty either of you get at me right now for saying this, but I've got two players you should never put your money on. And I'm not saying that for – never was a strong word again. Again, I'm a little I'm a little outgoing today. I'm very excited. It's uh, It's been a great weekend so far. But I'm telling you to keep your money off of Jordan Spieth. I think he is – 
He's oh, no, absolutely. absolutely. He's ready for a comeback after the 16th oh, hole debacle God. from last year. I, he, dude, he is such a head case. I can't even watch him anymore because it's like I'm watching a toddler. Everything's a big blow-up, Xander. I don't want to deal with it. And I know I'm an aggressive athlete and get mad and make jokes. I don't make jokes. He I yell like one play. of the most calm athletes out there. Oh, my God. He's throwing a hissy fit every single time he messes up. That's big boy. The last three Masters, we've got a tie for second. We've got a win and another second-place finish. This year, he's got a win. He's got four top ten finishes. He's tightened up his ball striking. I mean, this guy, I think, when he's at his peak game, I think is the best golfer in the world. I know Dustin Johnson is at the moment, but I think Jordan Spieth is definitely a guy to look out for. He was actually the guy I would most recommend putting your money on in this tournament. I don't care what you say about his antics on the course. Jordan Spieth has always played well at this tournament. He's a young guy. He's performed well under pressure. He's won this tournament before, and I think there's something to be said for going 72 holes and coming out on top and not, you know, crapping your pants like some other people have done over the years. So I think you're completely wrong about Jordan Spieth, and I think he is the best bet in this tournament right now. I think one of the best bets, though, realistically, is Bubba Watson, two-time master champion, and you're getting him all the way at 40 to 1? I mean, he won in 2012 and 2014, so he's due again. I mean, he's only got two major championships, and both are the Masters, so he loves playing there. And just at 40-1 to 1 seems a little ridiculous because he is a top 15 player anyways. Yeah, I mean, that that is I was intrigued by that as well. Another guy I'm not a big fan of watching on the golf course, to be no, honest. No, he's, he's not a nice guy. Actually, he's an asshole. But he's hey, but really Bubba, good at golf. But Bubba, if you want to do the show, we'll take back all those statements, and we'll kick Mike off and never let him back on the show because I can't ever call anybody an asshole just because I have to have respect for their athletic ability. But, hey, me and you can be buddies one day. You'll prove everybody wrong. But Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I did say there was another person I wanted everyone to avoid – and I was clearly wrong with the Spieth statement. I knew you guys were going to get on me about that, but don't put your money on Spieth. I'm just going to tell you right now. In fact, I'll take your own bets here at the Sporting Edge. Find us on Facebook, and I'll take your bets if you're putting Spieth on. But you don't have any money. How are you going to? Yeah, it's seven money? to one. I don't know how you're going to be able to dish out this. We'll be fine. I I will do the bankroll of Roz, so we'll figure it out. But another person I want everyone to avoid: Ricky Fowler. I just don't like him as a golfer. He's an interesting guy. He just I, I don't think he brings enough to the table. Um. He right now what he's thirty five to one thirty five yeah, to one thirty to one, not it is a value bet I guess but I'm not a big fan I I never see him win anything I mean he could win one of those lacks he, he did win the Honda Classic this year so I don't know where you're getting your information Players from. Championship last year but and, the Honda Classic I mean my dad used to drive a Honda I'm not really impressed when the made six finishes in his first five starts this year he has led the Masters in putting twice which obviously. Drive for show, putt for dough, that's the name of the game. But we're going to get back at it with more Masters coverage. This is the Sporting Edge on LibertyTalk.fm. If you miss the show, you can find us there. And we will see you after the break. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back here at the Sporting Edge. We got a little fiery. Me and Xander, this is nothing new. We generally don't agree, but... We're coming back. I'm very excited because I, I just was thinking something over the break, Xander. And You're thinking now. I'm thinking, which is not the usual. But I told you I didn't like Fowler. You came at me about Fowler. I told you I didn't like Spieth. You came at me about Spieth. And you know what, Xander? I'm going to put my foot down. I'm putting my foot down right now that they are the clickiest group of men in any pro sport. I mean, we've got the LeBrons and the Dwayne Wades and the Carmelo Anthony's hanging out. A little bit of Chris Paul there, too. But they're not clicky. They're not shoving it in their face. 
But in golf, I'm the seeing banana boat crew. The right. banana. I'm tired of the banana boat crew, Xander. Yeah, but that's the exact same thing. I. You know what, Xander and Mike? Let me tell you. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that Spieth and Fowler are best buddies, and McElroy's in on that too. Whatever it is, I don't care. And you know what? I have a disdain, a little bit of disdain. I'm not a big fan of this this female because of how she acts and everything. But Taylor Swift is not one of my favorite people in the world. But Xander, I said I'm putting my foot down. Taylor Swift, give me the invite, sweetheart, because I will hang out with your clique of girls over hanging out with Spieth and Fowler and McElroy. I don't need to be part of that posse. Like, that's not my thing. And I'm going to... You're not enough to be a part of the posse, so why would they have you over? I'm de- well, I'm the coolest person here on the Sporting Edge. I'm the coolest person for our 10,000 downloaders. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go chill with Taylor Swift, and you guys can hang out with Spieth and McElroy. I might get a little hang time with Selena Gomez. I know she's dating the weekend right now, so... Can't be too flirtatious, but I'm going to choose Taylor Swift over Jordan Spieth here, and I didn't even know you could have that argument. I mean, you go on Sports Center and try to find an argument like that. I don't think you'll find it on Sports Center, but you know, getting back to the tournament a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a what a smooth transition there. Very smooth. Uh, I talk about the lefty, the 46 year old three time champion here at Augusta, Phil Mickelson. I think Mickelson is a very interesting play. Um, you know, expectations are pretty low. The Irons have been not good this year. I mean, Phil Mickelson has normally been an impeccable iron player. Short game, something that, you know, any young golfer can look towards. He's one of the best ever, I think, you know, in terms of irons, green game, short game, whatever you want to call it. But I think lefty is in an interesting position here. I mean, Jack Nicklaus won the Masters at the same age, 46. There's not a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he's not up near the top like he, like he used to be. So I think Phil, if he gets a little hot, hits some fairways, hits some greens, sinks some putts, I think Phil is a very interesting play this year at the Masters. You want yeah. to take that one, Mike? Um, I mean, that would be so much fun if Phil's in contention on Sunday. That's just sort of like back in the old days when he was always in there, him against Tiger. That would be a right. lot of fun, um, especially with all these new guys coming in now. Get one of the old guys still kicking it there. That new click where we were just talking mm-hmm. about. But Phil's going to have to drive. At Augusta, you got to get hit some uh, fairways. In the past couple of tournaments I've been watching, Phil has been all over the board. He's been scrambling and playing well, but you got to be able to hit fairways at Augusta to really compete. Yeah, absolutely, and you kind of brought it up. I got a question just because I guess I'm out of the loop. My, uh, I had to get rid of his cell phone number after he was caught cheating on his wife. But is Tiger gonna is Tiger going to play this week or next week? He will not be playing. He will not be playing? No. That's... I, I don't think he's going to play either. I mean, you know, I, I don't think he's the type of guy who wants to come out and miss the cut and, and look awful out there. And, and I think, you know, this is going to take some time. Like I said, I've been a big fan of Tiger, and I've always been a you know a proponent of him coming back and playing well again. But, you know, honestly, I, I can't really say anything about it anymore. I mean, he needs to string together, I think, at least a year of good golf to be considered, you know, even considered for contention anymore. I mean, he's dealt with so many injuries and has been so inconsistent. I, you know, what is it, like the past seven years now? I mean, it's it seems like so long ago since he was at the top of his game. And you know what? I, I need to see some consistency out of him because you can go out and play a good round. You can go out and play a good couple of tournaments. But until you really get the ball rolling and figure out your game again, I just can't put my faith in Tiger Woods. And I don't think he wants to go out there 
and just play golf to play golf. I think when he plays, he wants to be the best, you know, which he was for a very long time. I don't know if he's going to come back, but I, I do not think it's this week at Augusta. Yeah, and it's just a shame that he left the consistency in the bedroom. I mean, that's a stat you need or an attribute you need to bring out on the golf course. Um, but you're right. Strafase uh, is saying he's not going to be playing, so we don't get that allure of, oh, is Tiger going to do this this year? I mean, hopefully there's some prop bets like, oh, does he show up for Augusta? Oh, do they like video him in or something? Well, he might save that green jacket ceremony and then the dinner with all the previous winners the night before, so he might be there. See, I would have loved an over-under on how many women he slept with, and I would have taken that bet for sure. But is it a sports show or is it a, you know? I, I'm, it's, you know what? I got fired up, and I'm taking my, I'm taking my shots out on Tiger Wood. I, I don't know why. I'm just going after it. But he's a good guy. He plays golf. He has children, so I should respect that a little bit more. But... Let's get back to the real golfers, the people who are actually competing this weekend. And are, are, I have a dark horse. I have another dark horse. You have a dark horse. And I was, I was literally about to ask you, who is your dark horse? Who is the person you, uh, you think can come out, from, uh, come out from under? My dark horse this year is Thomas Peters. He's number 34 in the world golf rankings right now. This is his first time playing in the Masters, and this is why I think he can win. The last year he was a breakout star. Um, the Olympics kind of stole the Ryder Cup show with a 4-0 record. Um, and like Danny Willett, you know, this guy is trending as this year's sleeper pick from Europe. And I think we've seen a lot of success come from golfers out of Europe. You know, he's steady, you know, on the course. He's very conservative. And I think he's got, you know, a much bigger understanding of the game than some other young players out there. So I think Thomas Peters and his first Masters could catch some fire in a bottle. And I think he could come out, end up coming out on top. At the least, I expect him to be, I expect him to make a cut, first of all. But I think he's going to be a name that's kind of lurking around the top 10 in the leaderboard on Saturday and Sunday when the, you know, when everybody gets to know if you got a pair or not. Yeah, for me, I think my dark horse would be Louis Oostenhuyven out of uh, South Africa. I think he's the best ball striker in the entire uh, tour. And he's been around for a while and just hasn't gotten a major championship yet. And he's always, you can always see him sort of in the top 20. You know, he gets close. Maybe he'll fade back a little bit with a couple of bad shots. Uh, last year, he, I think, might have had two top 10 finishes in uh, major tournaments. And so I think ready to see him if he can get over the hump and finally get a major. Yeah, no, I, I, that's your guys' little dark horse. Mine's just a funny one because I, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing this guy on the camera a little bit more than he has been in a while, but I'm going to go Angel Cabrera at 200 to one. Why not, uh, throw, throw a dollar on him, make 200 bucks when he wins it because I told you to do so. And he's a nice guy. Seems like a friendly man you want to see out on the golf course. You want to see him playing in some groups like with McElroy and, uh, and Day and not Spieth because we, we weren't supporting Spieth on the show, but that's my underdog. It's more of just a friendly one. Just a guy you kind of want to see on the camera, get a little camera time. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a flashy person. But that's pretty much what we've got for the Masters before we... Um... Just, you know, for a, just a final recap, you know, I'm going to run down the top 10 odds, guys. As of now, right now, we've got Dustin Johnson at 5-1. We've got Jordan Spieth at 7-1. We've got Rory at 15-2. John Rahm at 18-1. Hideki Matsuyama at 20-1, along with Jason Day. We've got Justin Thomas and Phil Mickelson at 25 to 1. And then we've got Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose, and Ricky Fowler at 28 to 1. And follow that up with Bubba Watson at 40 to 1. So should be interesting. Going to be a lot of betting going on. I know I'm not going to be able to help myself, but I'm definitely going to take a few guys and take a shot here. But should be a great tournament. I mean, the Masters uh, in golf majors in general, one of the best times of the year. 
finally coming around the corner with spring. The weather's getting nicer. People are getting happier, coming out of their shells. So this should be a great tournament. It'll be It'll be exactly what you just said. It's going to be super exciting. And like I said, that's pretty much the golf we have until next week. But we want to let you know we are now officially on Facebook. We started up this week, and we want everyone to just search sport, The Sporting Edge on your Facebook. Hit the like button. Every single, every 500 like, we're going to get you on the show yourself. We we'll, we have the statisticians who will look at that and take care of everything. We'll get your voice on the show for a little segment, a little blurb on whatever you want to say. Other than that, you know we're at Twitter at Roz for Roz and Zandy Boy, and we're very excited to bring you the fact that we have a professional athlete coming on the show next week. Joey Calistri, he plays for the Chicago Fire, so do your research this week. Listen up on uh, or watch some soccer, play some soccer, do what you got to do to catch up on that. But we're very excited to have him on the show. Thank you, Mike, for joining us once again. You are our expert here at the NCAA. We're sure we'll have you back. But that's all me and Xander have for you this week, everybody. We'll be back next week. This is LibertyTalk.fm, and we are the Sporting Edge. Have a good one, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.